Hi everyone, this is Lakeisha right here. And this is Charles. And, and we, we are, are the, Johnsons. the Johnsons. We've been here in good old Wichita Falls and in City Hope. Uh, my wife been here a year and a half. I've been here a year. And uh, we thank God that we found this place. Because being in the military, at times, you know, all this moving and traveling, uh, the transitioning from place to place, it can be pretty hectic. It can be a lot on our kids, on us, trying to reestablish ourselves again and again. Um, before we got here, we was kind of in a rough spot because he was overseas and we were in Georgia, and um, it's hard for us. That's one of our biggest battles, I would we say. Was, we was kind of separated distance. for two years. Yeah, we was, was uh, away from each other for two years. So that was, you know, him being by himself and then me being with the kids constantly and that's mm -hmm. all of the fields. So, and anybody know that's military, and even not military, it's kind of hard when you're going through a transition, if you can imagine doing multiple transitions. And it's hard for us as adults and even as children, so. And our first priority when coming to these new places we gotta find some, find a place that we can call uh, our church home, cause that is a major uh, part of uh, our relationship, our lives, and and we just wanted to kind of get back to that foundation that we've been set on, cause we've kind of steered in a sense, like mm -hmm. we wasn't really in church in Italy, so it was all virtual. Christ is definitely a foundation for us, mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure that you know, we emulate that in our walk, and as well as find somewhere for our kids to get plugged in. And make sure they get all that, And too. get that, mm -hmm. the extras, too. So <clears throat> I went online, and I went to the spouse's page, being a spouse, and um, I wrote a post, and I said, hey, whatever church you guys name, looking for a church home, whatever church you name the most, that's the one I'm gonna visit. And um, they named City Hope. And so I visited City Hope, and honestly, we hadn't looked back. <laughs> um, connection is important to us because it's definitely like Pastor Ben said, life happened in circles and not in rows. Um, we just, it was vital to um, making our relationship with Christ a little bit more, um, putting more passion into our relationship with Christ. I think that's where our connections come from because we kind of feel short. I feel like we was um, off, off track. It's almost like we're you're saved, track, yeah. but you fall off track. <laughs> you're, you're a disciple or you're a Christian and you kind of fall off track. And then that connection here at City Hope was kind of like, all right, let's get back on track to the things of Christ and not the things of the world or the things of ourselves because I think we got out of that connection and our focus was just making it if that makes sense, making it, just simply making it. And I think that's something that everybody can say, like sometimes we get knocked off course and it's just about making it. And so we really wanted to kind of get back connected to kind of get back on that track of just um, purpose, honestly, what, what it is that we're really here to do. And that's something that City Hope has kind of pushed us in. It's like, okay, let's get back connected so we can get back into purpose and so that we can help others that may have not been so connected because that's typically mm -hmm. what our life is pretty much about, is helping other people. All right, are you glad to be in church today, anybody? Come on, let's just give Jesus all the praise, amen.
What a, what a powerful story from Charles and Lakeisha too, and I just love that. And you know what I love about our church is that we are a diverse church, and, and I love that we're not just a red church or a black church or a yellow church or a white church. Come on, somebody, but hey, we, we are a diverse church, and as we celebrate uh, months like Black History Months or Hispanic Heritage Months, things like that, I'm just thankful that City Hope Church looks a lot more like heaven. Come on. A amen, everybody. Come on. Can we just thank God for that? <laughs> I really, I really am thankful because I think about uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was at a restaurant eating and the, the server was an African-American gentleman who said, hey, I heard you're the pastor of City Hope. And I said, yes, sir. And, and he said, well, I've been thinking about coming over there because I heard you're a diverse church. And I love that. That did something in me because I've always dreamed that church, City Hope, would be the kind of church where anybody could see themselves being a part of it, no matter what skin color they were. Amen, everybody? So one more time, let's just give God thanks that, man, we're looking a lot like heaven today. I'm thankful for that. And a big hello to everybody who's online with us. Glad you're part of our church family. You are in the right place at the right time. Amen? Hey, there's something big happening tonight. Um, uh, Winter Storm Watch happening tonight. <laughs> oh, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is tonight also. All right, I heard about the Super Bowl. And as I was thinking about the Super Bowl happening tonight, it reminded me of the time Boudreaux went to the Super Bowl. Now, Boudreaux went to the Super Bowl, and, and I mean, he had the perfect, I'm talking about the perfect seats. He's 50-yard line. You couldn't get seats better than this. 50-yard line, halfway up. I mean, who's who kind of sitting around him. These seats cost a lot of money, and the seat next to him was empty, and the man across the, the, the seat said, uh, uh, who, who that seat for? And Boudreaux said, oh, that's for my wife. She dead. It's like, well, you, man, you could have sold, you, she dead. You could have sold that, cha that chair for some money. You, you could have made bank on that. What you talking about? You could have at least given it to one of your family members. He said, well, I couldn't. The man said, well, why not? He said, because they at the funeral. Yeah. Boudreaux couldn't get it. They, they at the funeral. I, I, I couldn't give it to him. Poor Marie. Poor Marie. That was his wife's name. All right. All right. That's just a great way to get started today. I love laughing in church, love just being with you, and you're my favorite people on the planet. I really do love you. And we're in week two of a, brand, of a series we we're calling Heart for the House. And, um, and I know, here's what I believe about this series, that it may be the most important series that we've ever done as a church. And that may be hard to believe. We're five years old and we've done dozens of series, but I say that because I just know, I, I just know that when we began this, this good work that God's let, led us on, this plan and this heart for the house, I'm saying it because I know that the, the pressure of the enemy to stop it has been real. And I'm just telling you, God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? And it's, this is huge. And so this is a massive series for us. And, um, and so if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back, watch it online. You can find it there. And, and don't miss any more of this series because I'm telling you, we're going to just lay out where we're headed and what God's doing, and I want you to be a part of it. But as, as we've been leaning into this series, I've been thinking and praying and kind of talking to God about it for a, almost a year. And I keep going back to this passage of Scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29. It's the last two chapters of 1 Chronicles. And this is the story in 1 Chronicles where David and Solomon, 
they build the temple. And of course, we talked last week how David wasn't allowed to build the temple. And what he did instead was he gave the plans, but he also became one of the largest donors to build this temple that, that would later be called Solomon's Temple. And so what we're trying to do in this series is we're trying to build hope for eternity. That's our goal. We're trying to, we're trying to uh, build hope to just really pursue what God has for us. And, and so last week we talked about where we're going, where we've been, uh, where, where are we. But uh, next week we're going to talk about, let's lean into this. Let's, let's get serious about this. Today we're going to talk about what's it going to take, all right? And so I want to take a look at this passage of Scripture in First Chronicles chapter 28. It says, King David rose to his feet and he said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. And that's kind of what, that's how I feel about you. I feel like, man, this is my people. Y'all are my people. You you have some people in your life you feel that way about? I mean, I I just feel that way about you, that you're my people. And you're my favorite service. Don't tell the other services that. (laughs) It's my favorite. This is David. He's saying, man, you're my people. And he says, I had it in my heart to build this house, this place of rest for the ark of God. In other words, I wanted to build this, this temple, this house for God, where people could come to know Jesus. Of course, Jesus hadn't been born yet, but basically where they could have relationship with God. I wanted to build this, this place for the presence of God, and, and I wasn't allowed to do it. So he says, I had all these plans in my heart. I had these plans to build it. I had this desire. It was, I had the architects ready. I had, I had everything lined up. But he said, but God said to me, last week we talked about how there's three things that we really need from God in order to do what he's calling us to do. And the first thing is we need God to speak to us. We don't want to do anything without his voice, right? We want him to speak. And so God said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who's going to build the house. He's going to build my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son. And I want you to notice that. Notice those words, I've chosen him. And he goes on to say, so now I charge you. He's he's talking now to Solomon. I charge you in the sight of all Israel and all the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord. And there's, in a way, I feel like, man, the Lord is commanding us. He's given us a plan and a vision and a purpose. And I think we ought to follow that. I think we ought to just jump all into that. Why? Because we'll possess the good land. And I believe that God has a good land for City Hope Church. We got three acres of good land here, but it ain't quite enough. I think God wants to give us a little bit more good land. Come on, somebody. And he wants to give it to us. Why? So that one day we can pass it on as an inheritance to our descendants forever. That generations from now, there will be a group of people who will say, thank God for the church in 2024 who said, you know what? We're going to possess that good land. We're going to give towards it. We're going to make it a passion of ours. Come on, I feel like I'm preaching the first chosen frozen this morning. Somebody... (laughs) There's a good land God has for us. And I'm just trying to encourage you that you have been chosen by God to live in this moment, at this time, to build a house, to to pursue this opportunity. And, And so the encouragement is, hey, let's be strong, everybody. Let's do the work that God's called us to do. And I I believe with all my heart, I, I just feel in my spirit like David did in those days, that we're chosen, that we've been called, that that God is in this plan called Heart for the House. 
And David wasn't a stranger to building buildings. I hope you all know that. Like the temple wasn't the first thing he built. He had built palaces. He had built cities. I mean, he, he's, he's one of the founders and the reasons why Jerusalem is there to this day. He was no stranger to building things. He had built facilities. He had built all kinds of great and wonderful things. But I think deep down in David's heart, he knew this is different. What, what I'm doing now is not just building a house. It's not just building a facility. It's building a place for the presence of God to rest so that lives could be changed and people could come to know God in a powerful way. And I feel like in the same way, God's giving us that kind of opportunity today. In 2024, we have this opportunity to do something great. And so last week I covered this, but I want to recap it with you in case you're, you're new with us today. And if you are new, if you're a guest, I want you to know you're in the right place, right time. And, and I'm kind of treating this series like a family conversation, all right? And we want you to be part of our family. But really, this series is for those who say, I'm all in at City Hope. And I would hope that you would be all in with us as well, all right? Because there's room for you here. Amen, everybody. There's room for you. But this is our goal over the next three years is to, to raise $4 million over the next three years. And that money will help us purchase land, 20 acres or so, to build a, a building. Or maybe even we find a building that exists somewhere, if there is one, that will eventually house a new facility to meet the needs of City Hope for generations to come. So for, we're looking for the long haul, not just the next little thing as well, all right? And then, and then what will happen is we'll take the money that we give toward Heart for the House. We'll purchase that property or that, that building or whatever it is. And then anything left over, it'll be used for site work or uh, down payment fund if, uh, for when we build a building. Uh, and we'll use some of that to help facilitate growth here while, while in the meantime, because purchasing land and building a building isn't about, it's not a... a a thing that can happen very soon that's looking more like five to seven years and so what we gonna do in five to seven years here y'all with me so so, so it's like well we, we can't just we, we can't just turn away people and say well no seat no room for you today so what do we do in the meantime what is this I guess I hit it I was like, why are y'all laughing? What's, what's... That's awesome. I love it. So, you know, the question is, well, Pastor Ben, why do we, why do we even need to do something like this? You know, why, why can't we just be us four and no more? Why can't we just tell people to go find another church? You know, why can't we just tell them that there's no room for you? Um, <laughs> I think you know the answers to that. Last week, I breezed over that. Last week, I thought, you know what? I don't really have to give a lot of reason. You guys know why we need to do this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my time anyway and just remind you why do we need to make room for people? Why? Be because people matter. Because heaven and hell are real, everybody. Be because God's given us a mission to plunder hell and to populate heaven. That's why. Uh, we need to do it because we're running out of parking. Like, we don't have parking. And you, you would know because, and especially the next service knows, because when they come in, there are cars lined up and down Cedar Elm Lane. There are cars over at the Junior League at the home health place right across the street. We've got cars. In fact, the city, um, after a complaint, they graciously came in but put no parking signs on Cedar Elm for us. So that, you know, a um, little sarcasm there. But it, it, 
we lost parking in that way too. And so, well, we, we, we don't have parking. We're running out of kids spaces. We're actually remodeling in our kids wing back there right now. We're adding more rooms and we're trying to just restructure things to make room for our kids. And in, on a regular basis, we're hitting overflow in our first two services and, and we're landlocked. We have three acres, but there's nowhere to go and nothing to do that we can expand what we're already, where we're at. And so it limits our ability to reach people. And the last time I checked, Jesus' last words to us were go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of men and women and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He gave us a co-mission to reach people. And so that's why we're doing it is because we have been called to to reach people. So we're, we're not just building a building. We're, we're not just buying land. We're building hope for eternity for somebody. Somebody's going to go to heaven because of this. Amen. And so, so what's it going to take? That's the question we've got to answer. What's it going to take? Well, it's going to take leadership in your notes. Just jot that down leadership. And I don't mean leadership from me. That's part of it, but I'm talking about leadership from the church, leadership within our body of believers. It's going to take some people who will gather together and say, hey, we're with you. Let's go. In fact, this is what happened in Chronicles chapter 28. This is the message paraphrase. It says, David called together all the leaders. He called them together, and he, th these are the tribal administrators, the heads of various governmental operations, military commanders, and captains stewards in charge of the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons and everyone who held responsible positions in the kingdom. He called them together. And that's what we've been doing over the last several months. We've actually, uh, I can't tell you how many dinners and lunches and meetings and uh, things that Annalise and I have had with, with people within the church and, and just casting vision. Hey, this is where we're headed, meeting with leaders in the church on all levels. We've, we've uh, spoken with our overseers. We, if you, you can learn more about the structure of our church by going to Growth Track, but we have overseers here, which means these are men, pastors of other churches outside of City Hope, and they have authority in our lives. They're known and they're trusted, and they have a voice, and they have a vote, and they have veto power in mine and Annalise's lives. And so we've submitted that to them, and we've, we've spoken to our staff team, and we've been talking with them about a casting vision. This is where we're headed. We've talked to uh, other coaches and mentors about it, just getting counsel. Our trustees, uh, it's a group of people, uh, business leaders and financial leaders within our church who they oversee the finances of our church, and, and, and they have um, given counsel and direction in this, and, and here's why we've done it. It's, it's, it's because we need counsel. We don't want to do anything without, without wisdom and counsel. And I'll tell you, the first thing, the first priority of all of this has been, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray about it. Let's seek God about it. Let's not just do whatever we want to do, but let's do what God wants us to do. Let's be in his will. And in fact, I've called on our personal prayer warriors. Um, we, we have an incredible prayer team within our church. Um, but you know, like we have the Air Force here in Wichita Falls. Annalise and I have a prayer force. All right. We have a prayer force. And we, we reach out to them and, hey, we're, 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 we're leaning into this. Would you, would you cover us in this area? And they're constantly praying for us. And they're constantly lifting us in prayer. Why would we do all of that? It's because the Bible says plans fail because people don't get counsel. 
They fail because they go, well, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. Plans fail for, for people who, who are overconfident, but they, they succeed when somebody has many advisors. Where there's no counsel, people fall. The, and this is not just for the church. This is for you. Think about how that applies to your life. Are, are you getting counsel in your life? But in the multitude of counselors, there is, everybody say it, there's safety. Safety when I have somebody in my life who goes, hey, I don't know if I'd go there if I were you. I don't know if I'd do that. I don't, I don't know. So we need leadership. But the second thing that it's going to take is it's going to take a plan. It's going to take a plan. This is, um, this is true of David and Solomon, and it's true today. We need a plan. Now, um, going back to Chronicles, it says, David gave his son Solomon the plans. So, so David had this desire. In fact, the scripture says he had in his heart to build a temple for the Lord. God wouldn't allow him to do that. So he had all these plans, and he gave Solomon the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind. Undoubtedly, there's architectural plans and there's, there's dreams that David had and there's all of this stuff that he wanted to do. And I'll tell you today that we've, we've done the same thing. We've been planning with diligence. We've, we've been working. We've been seeking God. And we're looking for 20 plus acres of property in a great location that has plenty of parking, multiple ways in and out. Come on. Our parking lot has a one way in, one way out. Our... Our, this church was, if you don't know, it was not, it, it, was, uh, it was designed as a church originally, but was not designed as a church to have multiple services. It was designed as a Sunday school type church where you have one service and everybody, back in the, the, the Beaver Cleaver days, they rode together in, church, to, in their cars to church and they all parked to, and, and, and they went to Sunday school and they did church together. And so this wasn't designed for that, but God's blessed it. Can I get an amen? And we're, thank, we're thankful for it. And so we're looking for, for that particular piece of property. But in the meantime, we're continuing to just commit to the Lord. Whatever we do, God, we're just saying it's yours. And you have the right to change our minds. You have the right to lead us in a different way. And we just believe that as we commit it to the Lord, he's going to establish the plans. And that doesn't, I don't think it means he's going to establish our plans, but he may change our plans to look like his plans right? He, he's going he's gonna to cause it to fall in alignment. And we just made this commitment. We want to be where you've called us to be. And so we're going to trust and we're going to pray like it depends on God, but we're going to work like it depends on us. We have a plan. But if you're like me, you would like that plan to happen yesterday. You would like it to all unfold like two years ago. God, that would have been nice. If you would have just made it all happen and you begin to get impatient. And so I want to encourage you. This, this might seem like a discouragement, but, but I've been through this before and I realized that it's, gonna, it's probably going to take longer than we want it to take. And it's not maybe going to happen as fast as we want it to happen, but we're working the plan. We're working the plan that God has for us. And the most important plan of all is prayer. Prayer. It's a prayer plan. So last week, we gave, um, we gave out these, these uh, Heart for the House bracelets, Project 633. And we asked you to set your alarm on your phone for 6.33 a.m. and p.m. Anybody done that? Has anybody done I've been doing that, man. It's been awesome. It interrupts conversation sometimes. I'll be like, hey, just hold on a second. I need to, just need to pray. 
But, but one, if, one thing I want to add to that, all right? I want you to write this, circle it in your notes. Here's a prayer plan for us. That as you pray, Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. I also want you to pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Ask God to give us wisdom beyond our years. Wisdom beyond our abilities. Give us wisdom beyond knowledge that we have. Because we can't do this on our own. We don't have all the answers. We need wisdom, but we also need unity. We need unity. And I'm talking about we need a group of people like we talked last week who, who just will trust the Lord in this journey, that we're going to be unified, that we're going to come together, that we're, gonna, we're not going to throw water on what we're trying to do. We're going to throw some gasoline on it, and we're going we're gonna to watch it uh, explode into what God has for us, and we're going to be unified behind what God's calling us to do. But we also need some favor. We need favor with government officials and landowners and, and uh, DOT. And we need favor with uh, zoning and, and all of the different people that we'll need to talk to and all of the things that will need to happen. And we just need favor. And so if, if, uh, if you'll circle that and remember, put it on your fridge and remember, pray for these three things. And if you need help remembering it, you can remember it as woof. <laughs> woof. Wisdom, or you can remember it as few, favor, unity, wisdom, however you want to remember it. You just remember it, and let's pray for that, and let's believe God that he's going to open up doors of opportunity in Jesus' name, all right? All right, here's the third thing that we're going to need. What's it going to take, all right? It's going to take, it's, it's going to take um, leadership, a plan, but it's also going to take, number three, a team, a team of people. You've probably, if you've ever been around any sort of like uh, group of people, um, you know, and it, you were in a sporting event or maybe marching band or anything like that, team is so important. Together, everyone achieves what? More. Together, everyone achieves more. We need team. And this is exactly what David and Solomon had. In the paraphrase, message paraphrase, it says, David the king addressed the congregation and he said, my son Solomon was singled out And he was chosen by God to do this. He was chosen, and watch this, but he's young and he's untested. So he he doesn't have all the answers. He's going to need some help, and and the work is huge. It's huge. And now, I love this. I love what David says. How about you? How about you? He needs a team around him. Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? Who's ready to be part of the team that God wants to assemble to make a difference in Wichita Falls for generations to come? Who's ready? And, and you know, Solomon is credited with building the temple. It's, it's named after him, Solomon's Temple. But how many of you know that he didn't do it by himself? Come on, he he didn't raise all the money by himself. He didn't build it by himself. He couldn't do it alone then. And guess what? Uh, We can't do it alone now. He couldn't have done it by himself. And it took a team. It takes a team now to do what God's calling us to do. And so my ask is this. Who's ready? Who's willing? Who's saying, come on, put me in, coach. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to lead. I'm ready to be part of the team because here's the here's the reality that we need to grasp is that without God we cannot but without us God will not he's identified a, a, a people 
a group of people in Wichita Falls, and he's like, I'm, I'm ready. I, I want to so badly. But he's looking for some people who will say, sign me up. Coach, put me in. And so here's what I know. It's going to take going to take some sacrifice along the way all right everybody doing their part everybody doing what God asks you to do and I'm not as your pastor I'm listen to me I'm not asking you for equal amounts I'm asking you for equal sacrifice not equal amounts equal sacrifice that we would ask God what he wants us to do and when we do our part when we do what God asks us to do how many of you believe that he'll take care of the rest. He, he will fulfill everything that we need. So last week I had, uh, I had a couple people that came up to me after the service and like, man, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm just believing God. He's gonna send, you know, send somebody to just write that $4 million check. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I love your faith. I love it. It'd be incredible. It would be incredible, but here's what I, I believe, all right? Here's what I know and believe is that I don't know that God would allow that to happen. Because all the rest of us would miss out on the blessing that God wanted to do in us. The growth that he wanted to do in us. The thing that he would want to do in us. And maybe it'll happen. Maybe God would blow our minds. But I think what, it, what, what has to happen is we've got to come together as a unified body of believers, galvanized behind a vision and say, I'm ready to be part of what, I'm ready to be part of the solution. And so here's, here's what we're doing. We're asking for a three-year sacrificial commitment that will begin on February 25th with a first fruits offering. So what, what is that, all right? If you weren't here last week, I'll explain it again really quick. But we're asking you to, to pray and ask God what he wants you, how he wants you to be involved over the next three years. What can you give over and above your tithes and offerings over a three-year period? Just break it out monthly, weekly, however you, God leads you. What can you do to help achieve the goal that calls us, God's called us to do. And on February 25th, we're going to bring a, a first fruits offering, just a first part of that commitment, like we would normally do in a legacy offering, but this is a heart for the house offering. And so that's going to happen on the 25th of this month. And last week, we, we gave you guys a, a bag like this. And so if you didn't get one, then, um, then we have those available today. We have those available. If you missed part of that, we can get you whatever you need. There's, there's resources in there. If you need more bracelets, we've got bracelets. There's a commitment card even in your worship guide today. Be praying. All we're asking you to do right now is pray and ask God, what does he want you to do? All right? How many of you can do that? You can just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? All right, thank you. So um, here's something about David's team. David had an incredible team. And there's three things we see from his team that I think, I think we need out of this team too, all right? Three things about David's team. Number one, they had obedience. David's team was like, man, we're, we're all in. Whatever you need from us, David, we're here for you. And check this out. It says that you, Solomon, my son, get to know well your father's God. Serve him with a whole heart and an eager mind, for God examines every heart and he sees through every motive. He knows. Hey, listen, everybody, God knows my heart and my motive, and he knows whether I'm standing up here in integrity or whether I'm standing up here in, with a bold-faced lie. He knows it. He knows it. And he says, look sharp now. David says, Solomon, look sharp. Come on. 
That's why I wore this jacket today. It's a sharp jacket. <laughs> God's chosen you. I'm just, I, I hope you see over and over again that David keeps telling Solomon, God's chosen you. And I'm just, I'm trying to tell us today that God's chosen us. It may be hard for you to understand that or believe that, but you are here on purpose for a purpose. He's chosen you to do this. And so what do I do, Pastor Ben? Be brave. Why do you need to be brave? Because it's going to be hard. Be determined. Why do I need to be determined? Because you're going to want to give up along the way. But he says, do it. Run after it. Do this thing that I've called you to do. And then the second thing that David's team has, our team needs it, is faith. We need to have faith. Faith to believe. Faith to trust. Faith to know that if God's for us, who can be against us? Faith to believe that if God called us to do this thing, the good work that he started in us, he will be faithful to complete it. All right? Here's the faith. David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous. That's the faith part. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord, my God, is with you, and he will not fail you. Let me just tell you, church, if you, if you listen and obey to what God's asking you to do, I can, I can, I can tell you, he won't fail you. He won't fail you. Here's the third thing David's team had. They had sacrifice. And I believe it's one of the things that the, the American church doesn't talk about a lot. We don't talk about sacrifice. Somehow, some way, the American church got off track and started talking about, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. <laughs> and we quit talking about missions trips, and we quit sending people overseas to experience third world countries where we could make a difference, and we started focusing on what we need and what we want and how, and how uh, the American pop culture, you know, has influenced our lives. And, and I think we need to get back to sacrifice, we need to get back to God. What do you want from me? God, what, what can I lay down? What can I give up? And so David says, I've done my best to get everything together for the building. I've, I've just, I've done all I can do. And so he says, I'm, I'm turning over my personal fortune of gold and silver. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give it all for the place of worship for my God. And here, here it is again. He says, and now how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? I'm just asking you to pray. Ask God, what does he want you to do? All right? And so I'm telling you, I'm doing my best to follow that example. I've met with leaders. I've talked with overseers. I've, we're working on a plan, Right? I'm covering it all. We're, we are covering it all with prayer. We've got to pray. But I'm also planning to do what David did. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the charge. Annalise and I are going to lead the charge with the largest kingdom investment we've ever given to the, to the local church. And I'm not asking you to do what we do. I'm asking you to obey the Lord and, and do what he leads you to do. All right, everybody? You hear that? But, I'm, but what I'm telling you is I'm leading by example. All right? And so... Would I lie to you if I told you I wasn't scared? Yes, because I'm excited, but I'm also scared. But that's where faith comes in. 
that's where, that's where we have to have faith. God, you're calling me to do this. I don't see how. But Lord, I trust that you, if you call me to do it, you will equip me to do it. You're not going to leave me high and dry. And so here's what we're asking. We're asking you, it's, this is not in your notes, but seek the Lord about what sacrifice looks like for you. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to sacrifice? And then listen to what he wants you to do. Listen to what God wants. Listen to, to the Spirit of God. Obey him and just believe that he's going to provide. He's not going to, he, he, he's going to take care of you. Ask him, God, what do you want me to do? How, what kind of sacrifice? And then on February 25th, let's give our best offering above and beyond our tithes and make a commitment to see God's kingdom come, God's will be done in Wichita Falls, Texas. Amen, everybody? Now, I got through all of that, which is a lot of just, it's a lot of vision. It's a lot of where we're headed. But here's what I felt strongly about. This morning, I, I, I had um, added some stuff to the end of my message. And if uh, the keys are here, they can come on up because I'm, I'm fixing to be done, all right? Y'all come on up. Get on it, tink, tickle them ivories, all right? <laughs> it's often said that the local church is the hope of the world. A healthy local church is the hope of the world. Would anybody agree with that today? I, I wholeheartedly believe that the local church, a healthy local church, is the hope of the world. And God has sent us to Wichita Falls. God has put City Hope Church here to be, I believe, not the only hope in Wichita Falls. Please hear me. I know there's other great churches. But God is doing something very special and very specific here. And it seems that his hand is on this place and that he has anointed this place and that he has favored this place and that he is behind this place and he is prospering this place. And so I just want to be ready and willing to do whatever God leads us to do. All right. Now, if it's true that the local church is the hope of the world, how will we continue to do the great commission that God has called us to do if, if we don't make room for people? How will we do what God's called us to do if, if we just kind of fold our arms and say, this is good enough. We've reached enough people. In fact, I was reminded this morning of Romans 10 that says this, and, and you, you would know Romans 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about how we're saved and believing and confessing. But it also says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. And I love that. Man, that's the heartbeat of Jesus that everybody in Wichita Falls, everybody in Texoma would have an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord. That's what he wants. That's his desire. But Paul asks some questions and he says, but here's the problem. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Well, here's the answer. They can't. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about Jesus? They can't. Well, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You know the answer. They can't. 
It's impossible. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And what I'm trying to help you understand today is that you are the sent ones. You have been sent simply because you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Simply because you acknowledge that Jesus isn't just your Savior, but He's your Lord. And you have surrendered to His call and His purpose and His plan for your life. And what that makes you is a carrier of the good news. I could rephrase it. How, how will people come to know Jesus if there's no room at City Hope? Quite possibly they can't. How, how, will people, how will people be able to hear of, of all that God wants to do in their lives and how he sent his son Jesus to rescue them if they can't even find a parking spot at church? And you go, well, that doesn't really matter. I'm telling you, it does. There'll be people who drive in and out every single week because they can't find a spot. And so here's what I'm trying to help you understand today, that you have been deputized as a you are an evangelist, you are a minister, you have a purpose. And Paul says about us through the scripture, beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. That God looks down on the people who make room for others. God looks down on the people who are telling their neighbors about Jesus. And he says, I'm so proud of you. Blessed are your feet. Wherever you go, you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. That God has favor on your life and he's putting favor on you. When you take the message of Jesus to people around you, when you make room for people. And that's my hope for us is that we, we would take on this kind of attitude that, man, you know what? I'm all in. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm a sent one. I'm a messenger for the good news of Jesus Christ. But the truth is there's some of you here today that you, you haven't received that. You haven't received this message of Jesus today. He doesn't want to just be your Savior, but He wants to be your Lord. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're far from Him. and you, you know about Him, but you don't know Him. You know He came to save you, but you haven't, you haven't really experienced that. You've been living life in your own way, doing, do, like living, living by your own actions, your own rules. You feel the guilt of your sin and your past and, and all, all the things that you've been through in, in life. And, and you showed up here today and you thought, well, man, I came on the wrong Sunday. No, you came on the perfect Sunday because God loved you so much that he would allow me to tell you that you're the reason we are here at City Hope Church. You're the reason that we want to make more room. You're the reason we, we want to make more room for people to know Jesus. And so I'm asking you to bow your heads with me today. And if you're here and you'd say, Ben, I want to know, I want to know Jesus. I don't want to just, I, not, not that he would just be my savior, but that he would be my Lord. And the difference is this. It's great to be saved, but lordship is different. Lordship is allowing him to call the shots in your life. Lordship is allowing him to tell you yes or no and to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And I'm just asking you today, if you're here and you are not just wanting to make him your savior and to rescue you from hell and to, and to save you from all the bad stuff in your life, but you're ready to surrender your life, complete control of your life to him, on the count of three, I'm asking you to boldly slip up your hand and let me lead you in a prayer. I'm not gonna... I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call you to the front. But would you be bold enough to say, I am ready to surrender my life 
to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to let him be in charge of my life. One, two, three. Come on, slip up your hand today. Let me see you. Let me, I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. I see you over here. Anybody else would say, that's me. I'm going all in today, Ben. I see you. Two, three. Anyone else? I'm going all in today. I'm giving my life. I see you in the back. Four. Anyone else? I'm so proud of every decision, every hand that's up. You, this church is here for you. We were birthed with you in mind. We, we, we do everything we do to think about the person who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet. Anyone else? All right, let's pray this prayer together, church. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I turn from my sin to follow you. I repent. Your way is better. I want to live for you, to serve you, to do what you've called me to do. I'm sorry for doing things my way. You're my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give Jesus all the praise today. Let's thank him.